It's time for our Trees Are Key podcast, brought to you by Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Paul Johnson, coordinator of our Urban and Community Forestry Program. Welcome to episode 306. Last week, we explored why patience is key. And this week, we're going to discuss why questions are key. The way you become world-class is by asking good questions. Tim Ferriss, podcaster and author of books like Tribe of Mentors. Often we focus on answering questions, but it's worth taking a moment and thinking about the questions we ask and don't ask. I've also referenced Einstein's quote, If I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on the solution, I would spend the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask. For once I know the proper question, I could solve the problem in less than five minutes. End quote. This has a lot of relevance in our world of arboriculture, forestry, and trees. We often think in terms of what tree should I plant in my backyard or what is wrong with my tree? Our clients will ask, how much will it cost to prune my trees? Or what should I use to fertilize my trees? Each of these questions has an answer, and most of them have more than one, and many of those answers can be correct or at least not wrong. Let's look at a real hypothetical question many of us are facing right now. What's going to happen to my palm trees, and what should I do, and how much will it cost? First off, there are at least three questions in that question. In reference to the first question, we're not sure what's going to happen. It is likely that many of our palm trees from the San Antonio area north will die due to the extreme cold we experienced recently. But this could depend upon the species of the palm. Texas sable probably has the highest chance of surviving, certainly higher than Florida sable. A palm that was well watered prior to the freeze and that had more snow and ice accumulation, may have a greater chance of survival. And the location or microclimate may pay a role. A palm near a body of water, or the side of a house or building, may be more likely to survive. A palm in San Antonio probably has a better chance than a palm in DFW. This shows the importance of framing our questions. What is likely to happen to my Washingtonia robusta palm planted near my rock-sided house in South Dallas that was encased in ice during the coldest portion of the winter weather? By asking a detailed question, you remove the recipient's need to ferret out a lot of details. This is often why a question is answered with a series of questions, because the question wasn't detailed enough to elicit an informed answer. On the question of how much will it cost to prune my trees? The devil's in the details, as they say. What kind of pruning do you want? Are we pruning for the health or structure of the tree? Do we need to provide clearance over the sidewalks or roadways? Are we reducing the size of the tree to increase sunlight to the photovoltaic cells on the adjacent roof? How is the person bidding the job supposed to answer your question without more details? On the other hand, How are you supposed to compare different bids for pruning work if there isn't enough detail in your ask or specifications? It sounds great if you get a bid to prune your trees in the backyard for $500, particularly if the other bid is to prune three oak trees in the backyard to provide clearance over the house and remove three large dead limbs three to six inches in diameter for $950. 
$500 sounds better than $950, but not if you don't accomplish your goals of reducing the risk your trees pose, both to the house and to you. Ask better questions, and you can make better decisions based on the answers to those questions. We see this a lot in diagnosis. What's wrong with my tree? It has this black, fuzzy stuff growing on the leaves. The most direct answer to this question is, your tree likely has a sap-feeding insect like aphids or scale that are sucking juices out of your leaves and depositing the excess sugar on the leaves below them. This sugar feeds a fungus, often referred to as sooty mold, that has a dark or black fuzzy appearance. That answer is correct, but it may not be complete. Often what's wrong with a tree goes well beyond the symptoms or signs that cause people to call and ask for help. It is likely that the tree is stressed for some reason and is therefore more susceptible to or attractive to those insects. In many cases, we see this kind of problem with crepe myrtles. The actual instigating problem may be that the trees receive too much fertilizer from the adjacent lawn which made them more attractive to the scale or aphids that are feeding and therefore causing the sooty mold problem. Sooty mold itself isn't usually much of a problem for the plant unless it gets heavy enough, thick enough to block sunlight and reduce photosynthesis. There is research that shows increased insect damage with fertilization, particularly nitrogen fertilization. But you may not notice it because you can increase the growth and vigor more than the increased insect damage. Planting trees too deeply, too much or too little water, are also stresses a tree often deals with, which can cause it to be more susceptible for issues with insects and disease. Soil compaction is another chronic problem that many of our trees deal with. We are likely to see several issues this year based upon the stress of extreme cold. It's not enough to ask what's wrong with my trees. You also have to ask, what can we do to help this species in this location with these resources? Let's quickly look at an interesting resource for learning more about questions. From the Harvard Business Reviews, The Surprising Power of Questions by Allison Wood Brooks and Leslie K. John. Quote, Asking questions is a uniquely powerful tool for unlocking value in organizations. It spurs learning and the exchange of ideas. It fuels innovation and performance improvement. It builds rapport and trust among team members. And it can mitigate business risk by uncovering unforeseen pitfalls and hazards. But few executives think of questioning as a skill that can be honed or consider how their own answers to questions could make conversations more productive. That's a missed opportunity. The good news is that by asking questions, we naturally improve our emotional intelligence, which in turn makes us better questioners, a virtuous cycle. The authors draw on insights from behavioral science research to explore how the way we frame questions and choose to answer our counterparts can influence the outcome of conversations. They offer guidance for choosing the best type, tone, sequence, and framing of questions, and for deciding what and how much information to share to reap the most benefit from our interactions, not just for ourselves, 
but for our organizations. Question everything, Albert Einstein famously said. Personal creativity and organizational innovation rely on a willingness to seek out novel information. Questions and thoughtful answers foster smoother and more effective interactions. They strengthen rapport and trust and lead groups toward discovery. All this we have documented in our research. But we believe questions and answers have a power that goes far beyond matters of performance. The wellspring of all questions is wonder and curiosity and a capacity for delight. We pose and respond to queries in the belief that the magic of a conversation will produce a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. Sustained personal engagement and motivation in our lives as well as our work require that we are always mindful of the transformative joy of asking and answering questions. End quote. I really recommend you check out this article. What are some of your favorite questions to ask or that you have been asked? Let us know on facebook.com slash treesarkey or at treevangelist on Twitter. It's time for our Tree of the Week Species Spotlight. This week's tree comes from our Trees of Texas website, texastreeid.tamu.edu. Gumboli, Sideraxalon lagunosum, is also known as Gumbomelia, Gumelastic, and Woolly Bucket Bumelia. This deciduous Texas native is a medium-sized tree, typically to 40 feet tall and a trunk to 12 inches in diameter, with short, stout, stiff branches that form a narrow, oval crown of dark green foliage. The twigs are often armed with straight spines. Gumbali occurs throughout Texas, except in the high plains and far west Texas, usually along streams, in sandy woods, or in open areas or fence rows. Their leaves are simple, alternate, 2 to 4 inches long and 1 half to 1 inch wide, obovate in shape, leaf edge smooth, leaves are dark green and shiny above, woolly hairy underneath, and are often grouped near the ends of short spurs along the branches. Small, five-petaled white flowers appear in early summer, each born on a hairy flower stalk about two-tenths of an inch long, followed by a fleshy, black, oblong berry one-half to one inch long, born singly or in a cluster of two or three, usually dry and firm on the outside, containing a light brown, firm, rounded seed. Their bark is dark brown to grayish, developing tightly interlacing, flattened ridges and deep furrows on older trunks. Gumbly wood is light brown, streaked with white and surrounded by a band of lighter-colored sapwood. The wood is heavy, hard, and close-grained, sometimes used for tool handles or cabinet-making. Saffron plum, Sideraxalon celestrinum, or lacoma, is similar and occurs in South Texas and has leaves 1 to 2 inches long with smooth undersides. Gumbully can be mistaken for live oak, Quercus virginiana, or fusiformis. Look for spines on gumbully or acorns on live oaks. Interesting fact, the colloquial name Chittimwood has been given to several tree species, including gumbully, and refers to the wood used to make the biblical Ark of the Covenant. Be sure to visit our Texas Tree Selector website to find trees which are appropriate for your planting location at texastreeplanting.tamu.edu. Upcoming tree events. Unfortunately, most in-person events are still on hold at this point. We at Texas A&M Forest Service are still on the job. We're doing our best to keep it business as usual. Let us know what we can do to help. Need CEUs? 
Keep your eyes open for the various webinars from the likes of Tree Fund to keep current and be ready when it's time to renew your credentials. We'll let you know when in-person events come back online. Pun intended. Quick update. You can now find Trees Are Key on Spotify. Recent storms have reinforced our understanding of the importance of branch attachments. Please join us next week as we explore branch angles and branch aspect ratio and their importance in Branch Attachments Are Key. Thanks for listening. Our agency website is tfsweb.tamu.edu. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Treevangelist and on Facebook.com slash TreesAreKey. Please take a moment and share us with your family and friends and rate and review us on iTunes. It'll help others find us. Until next week on Trees Are Key.